You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. And uh, this morning, we're going to launch a brand new series that I'm calling Better Together. Better Together. Everyone say Better Together. And I was thinking about some things in our lives that are just better together. And I'm wondering if you could help me that when we see these little pictures here, uh, we will just respond, yes, those are better together. And so let's just see how we can go get in the cadence here and see uh, if it goes well first service, we'll do it second service, otherwise we won't. But um, how many believe that coffee and great sunrises are better together? Come on, let's say it. It's better together. All right. Yeah, you can see it there. I like it. How about hot cocoa and marshmallows? They are, come on, say it with me. They're better together. Oh, you're going to like this one. PB&J, right? PB&J are what? Better together. But let's just halt it just for a second. I don't know who's doing these pictures, Pastor Bobby, but I meant Pastor Ben and Jessica. We are... We're better together. Yeah, yeah, anyway. All right, all right, a couple more. All right, how about macaroni and cheese? It's better together. Or tacos and Tuesdays are better together. And the last one, last night, oh, man, don't go there yet. We have some friends from out of town. Uh, Phil, those Oreos, the way you made those ice cream Delights were so incredible with Oreos. How many know that Oreos and cold milk are better together? Absolutely. Anybody hungry after all those uh, delicious treats? Absolutely. Well, this is not a series about food, combinations, or experiences, (laughs) although that would be fun to do at some point. This is a series about people. Just look around. It's about us, right? Here on the lakeshore. It's about our families, us at school and on our sports teams, people at work and in our neighborhoods. I believe, and will you say it with me? Let's get the slide up there. We are better together. We're better together. And although I know that there are some in the room that are just like me, and you're saying, man, this series was made for me, right? I'm an extrovert. I've never met a stranger. I, I would love you, you know, after 30 seconds, right? I mean, that's just the way, and I'll talk with you all day long. But I also know there are some people, when you say, oh, we're better together, and you're thinking about people, you're saying, ah, I'm an introvert. Listen, this series has something for you as well. I believe there are going to be some powerful insights over the next next couple of weeks, and I believe that if we put into practice what we're going to talk about, that you and I can have the absolute best fall season that you've ever had. Absolutely. So let's talk about being together for a moment. It is arguably harder today to be together, to be present with other people. How many would agree at some level that that might be true? When you think about the world, and even my own daughter who's, uh, you know, wanting to get to, to the mission field, and uh, she is trying to get a visa, it's hard for her to get travel uh, uh, clearance to be able to do that, and, and it's limited, and so she wants to be with her team to be together, but she's not able to do that. I believe isolation is easier than ever. It's easier for us to slip into our own little worlds 
and get our heads down and, and just uh, forget about those around us. How many have seen commercials for Instacart and DoorDash and Ship Shoppers, right? How many of you guys have ever used any of those? Come on, anybody? Use a, there's a few of you that have used those early adopters. How many of you have, you have used Amazon one click, right? Come on, I know you have, right? We, we, that's a dangerous thing. But people can get by their dog food and have it delivered. They can get their lunch delivered. They can get their groceries delivered. And if you wanted to, you could... Live in your own home or your own room and never leave. And some of you like it that way. I get it. But isolation is not good. It's just not, right? It's not good for a baby that's left in an orphanage that's not touched or held, right? And it's not good for any single one of us as well. And together is hard. And it's hard because of our busyness. It's hard because of technology, how many know that families don't eat together like they used to? My family, when we sit down at our table, we have a little running joke. I will, almost every time that we are eating together, which is a few times a week, I'll sit there and I'll look at, it, at my kids, look at Jessica, and I'll say, do you know how rare this is? <laughs> and now they'll say it. Do you know how rare this is? And it's, it's just kind of fun to say that. But it is rare. And it's interesting. I was leaving, uh, coming to work one day this week, and I got right in front of the school bus. So I got right out in time and uh, going through my neighborhood. Uh, and, and what was interesting is there were groups of students along the road all the way in without fail. And I, I think it was because I was studying this and kind of hyper aware. But these students, groups of students together, we're not talking to each other. Literally, without fail, 100%, we're head down, eyes on their phones, isolated. They're there in community, but they weren't there together. And the same is true for all adults everywhere. Together is harder. And the encouragement is to live in community the way that God has intended, with intentionality. And so together, when we choose to do it together, when we work at being together, when we live this way, it is not only together, it's better together. Let's talk about better for a moment. Say it with me. Better. better. It's better. And we are better together. And we say, well, what do you mean it's better? Well, there's more favor when we're together. It's better because there's more wisdom. There's influence. Our territory gets expanded, right? I believe there are better marriages, better kids, better friendships when we are together. There are better opportunities as far as entrepreneur and, and different things. When you do it with someone, there's better resources when we are together. And this is really rooted in Scripture. I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, this is kind of our key text for our series. It says this. It says, two are better than one. I have that underlined. I, mind, I, we should probably, I don't know if we can do that here, but two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their toil. If one were to fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. But the key there is that first little phrase, two are better than one. How many have ever studied draft horses? I never did, but I looked it up this week because it kind of popped up in my study that a draft horse by itself can pull about 8,000 pounds. Pretty impressive. You think, well, you put uh, two draft horses side by side, you're going to double the effectiveness, 16,000, right? But that's not true. Over 24,000 pounds can be pulled together because two are better 
than one. And I just want you to know that this series, it's strategic. You might have already put it together. We're heading into connect group season. And we want to launch with authority. And we want to do this because we know that we're better together. And I've asked uh, Ryan Johnson, actually Pastor Bobby connected with him to do this. And uh, I want you to come and share a little bit about your small group and how it's blessed you and uh, what's on your heart this morning. Sure, yeah. Um, so this is, this is, I guess, my journey of learning that we're better together, right? So a few years back... Um, I'm an introvert too, so I get a lot of energy, honestly, going biking by myself or walking at night by myself. And I was coming home from one of those things, and I was realizing, even though I had friends, they were on again, off again in different contexts, um, I really didn't know who I would call another man, another man, men around me to call to uh, ask questions or to deal with something or to have pray for me. And uh, about that same time, I was realizing I was... Uh, a bit on a, a plateau spiritually, sure. right? I wasn't really growing, um, kind of wandering. And uh, what it made me think about is I'm really not living my life to the extent that God really wants me to. I'm not really being me. I'm not really living into it. Yeah. And so I asked God about these things, and he, he combined those together and said, you can only grow so much spiritually alone, and you need to be a part of a community of men uh, yes. and do life together. And so that was, that was pretty neat. And around this time, I was getting to know Matt Biller, who's sitting over here. And uh, I, I started talking to him about these things. And it was a, a little bit weird, because how does a grown man go to another grown man and say, totally. can you be my friend? <laughs> and, Let's have uh, a play date. No, no, no. <laughs> that's no, no, no. right. And, but thankfully, Matt was very gracious, and he, and he even pursued me. And I'm really thankful for that. And... Uh, we got together pretty regularly, and about that same time frame, I was listening to a podcast I found from Jesus Culture uh, called Man Camp, and they were really highlighting and celebrating uh, men who have gone out and, and really lived life fully, gotten out of the mundane and the status quo of life, and, and really lived into that. So I talked to him about, hey man, what if we try something like this? Mm. And we ended up forming a little community, inviting some other people uh, James and Greg to join us. And uh, the really cool thing about our journey is we're all going in the same direction. We're all on this journey to figure out what it means to live fully alive, um, figuring out what it means to really live who we are for Christ. Yes. And so what, what it really comes down to at the core for us is, is three things. We do life together, uh, we seek God together, and then we also support each other. Yeah. Um, and so I guess Daily or weekly, what this looks like for us is getting together regularly. We have coffee or breakfast, and we just share our victories and our struggles and our failures, um, and, it, and it's, it's, it's really good. We pray with each other. Um, we pray when we're in person. We also pray throughout the week. And then the other thing we do is we're committed to each other, and we support each yes. other. So I, I think I can speak for all four of us that uh, we've really seen a lot of personal growth, a lot of spiritual growth through this. Love it. And uh, we, we're believing that there's other men in this church that are in a similar position to where I was uh, that could benefit from it. So yes. uh, we're opening up our group as a connect group. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. I love it. Isn't that incredible? What I love about that is that it kind of happened organically. 
And then they're saying, hey, we want to share what we've experienced and see that expanded. It's one of the connect groups. It's called Man Camp. They're going to be meeting every other week, and you got to be a part of it, guys. It will bless you 100%. Church, the, the long and short is we're better together. And what I want to focus in on for the next three weeks is the idea that there are three types of people that we all need in our lives. Whether you're young or old or you're new to your faith or even exploring faith or you're seasoned in your faith, we need these three types of people in our lives if we're going to live at our best. And those three types are a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. I am convinced that everyone needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy in their lives. When we say a Paul, what I mean is a mentor or a coach, someone who builds into your lives, someone who pours into our lives, fills us up. When I say a Barnabas, I mean an associate, a friend, kind of rubbing shoulder to shoulder. That's kind of what man camp is, kind of walking in the same type of, land, type of uh, life, and uh, someone who can, you can collaborate with, and uh, someone you can work alongside. We also need a, bar, or a Timothy, an apprentice, someone that we can pass our wisdom on and our knowledge, our experience. We can pour out into someone else. And today, what I want to do is to launch this series by talking about the fact that we all need a Paul in our lives. And I know there's one Paul at least. So, Paul, if you could just stand. This is the one Paul. No, no, no that's, not the, that's not what we're talking. We do all need a Paul, not necessarily Paul Marr in our life. But listen, when I was just out of college, I was hyper aware of my need for a Paul in my life, a mentor. In fact, when I was looking for my first job position, I, was, I sent out my resume to five different churches, and uh, one of those churches that contacted me was a connection through my uncle, and it was kind of weird, but uh, uh, I realized that this guy, Dan Brown, uh, actually worked for Pastor Trask, and some of you don't know what that means, but uh, to me that meant a lot because Pastor Trask was my pastor growing up. And I knew that Pastor Trask had, uh, had a great big church in Detroit, and Pastor Brown worked under him. And so I went, and I made an appointment in Springfield, Missouri, with Pastor Trask. He was the general superintendent of all of the Assemblies of God. He was like the CEO, the top chief dog. How else can I say it, right? He was the man. And, I, and he made time for me, and I came into his office, and, and I basically had a couple questions, but one of those questions was, Will, if I go to, uh, to Dayton, Ohio to work for Pastor Brown, will he mentor me? It was important to me. As a young man, I'm saying, hey, I want someone to pour into my life. And Pastor Trask, he said, well, if you go and he doesn't, you let me know because he better pour into you because I poured my life into him. And so he reproduced himself, and hopefully Pastor, Tra or Pastor uh, Brown would do the same for me. And he did, for sure. But it's interesting that I was hyper aware that I needed it at that time in my life. But then life happens, doesn't it? 
I mean, it happens to all of us, right? Uh, we get a few successes under our belt. We, uh, you know, there's a slippery slope. It's easy to, to stop learning or stop pushing the boundaries with what we can experience. And, and what happened it, for me, there were a few seasons in my career as a pastor where I had stopped growing or kind of stalled or kind of like what Ryan was saying, where you kind of plateau in, in your growth. And, and I wasn't living in community, in, in consultation, right? Right? And there's a huge danger, there's a huge warning that for all of us, that when we get isolated, we will get in trouble. And the trouble on the horizon is for any of us if we just start coasting. And again, for me, a couple years ago, it was one of those seasons. And I've shared this publicly, and I won't share all the details, but I'll give you the essence for those of you that are new. A couple years ago, I had slipped into a season where I was coasting spiritually and relationally and, and uh, uh, leadership-wise. And, and, and I didn't even realize it, but I kept on getting up in the morning not wanting to get out of bed. And I, I showed up here at church in the lobby before anybody else, and I'm sitting on one of the couches in the lobby, and literally I picked up the phone and called Jessica, and I said, I think we're done here. I was depressed. I was hurting. I didn't even realize what was happening, and Jessica left her job. You heard the story, some of you. And she came, and she prayed with me, prayed in the Spirit over me, and, uh, and she started to pour into my life. And, uh, and, and in that season, there were a few things that part of the reason I ended up in that place was because I had become isolated. And part of the solution was for me to reconnect with counselors, with a mentor, with some accountability, and as I moved in those directions over the next few weeks and over the next few months and even in this season, the Lord started to heal what had been broken or had been taken down. And we need someone like that. We all do to pour into our lives. We all need someone. When we get dry spiritually, when we feel helpless, when we're hurting, we need someone. But you know what? We also need someone when we're successful, when we're on the top of our game, when we're right there and everything seems to be working, all cylinders are clicking, we need a truth teller in those seasons as well. Ecclesiastes 2, uh, or Ecclesiastes says two are better than one. And the truth be told in my life is that people in my life have made the difference over and over and over. And I came to the realization this week as I was preparing that my greatest growth has come when I have been challenged the most by others. That's the truth for me. Whether that was my basketball coach in high school, Coach Little John, and that, it would be incredible if you ever watched one of my messages and as I shared his name, he's, he was an incredible blessing. Or Dave Williams in my life, and I know some of you know who that is. Or Kurt Zastro, or John Palmer, or Dan Qualls. And again, for most of you, these are people that you have never heard, but they have made a huge impact in my life. And it's interesting that when you start to get into Scripture and you start to look at Paul's life, because we said today we all need a Paul in our life, right? In Scripture, Paul invested heavily in someone named Timothy. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it says this, And what you have heard from me, in other words, what I have poured out into your life, he says in the presence of many witnesses, he says, entrust to faithful men 
who will be able to teach others also. So this is the way I see it in my mind. Paul here poured out into Timothy, right? And then Timothy is encouraged here to not only, he was a trusted, faithful person, he's going to pour it out again, who would teach others as well. There's a multiplication effect of pouring yourself out, and we need someone in our lives that's pouring into us. The model was for Paul, or for Paul, uh, excuse me, uh, we need to be entrusting others uh, with what we know, giving others, right? And we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But just like a good coach, Paul was there, right? He was constantly redirecting, giving new skills, new techniques, I'm sure. And even in some of his writing, he would say, hey, keep on running. Don't give up, right? You can do it. And I know that some coaches are crazy, and, uh, and I've had my share of crazy coaches, but they get the best out of us, don't they? Someone that pours into our lives. And I just believe that most of us here, in fact, all of us, are capable of far more than we think that we're capable of. You are capable of more. And yes, in life, there will be loss, and there will be pain, and depression, and death, and addiction, and trauma, and crisis. Those things do exist, no doubt. But they can be overwhelming, and they can be strong-arming us. But what did Paul do with Timothy when trouble came? He picked up his feet, picked Timothy up off the ground, and ran alongside as his apprentice, right? And he, as he's pouring into his apprentice. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12 says this. It says, we exhorted each one of you. That's again, he poured out, he exhorted. And he could have just stopped there and said, I, we've exhorted you. But no, he continues. And he says, and we have encouraged you. Again, he's poured out again. And he could have stopped there, but no, it's another word. He says, and we've charged you. Again, pouring out to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Paul, it was a never-ending job pouring himself out for others. But I wonder how many of you are thinking, well, that sounds great. I would love a mentor. How do you get a mentor? Well, I've learned that there's a few different types of mentors in our lives, potentially. And, uh, and when I look at different types of mentors, uh, some of these are easier to get than others, but uh, just kind of follow along for a moment. I believe that you can have a mentor from a distance. How many have ever heard of John Maxwell, all right, a leadership guru, or a few of you guys have? Um, and uh, when I was first out of uh, college, I think I read every book that he read up to that point. I don't think I've read everything since. Uh, but uh, he was a huge influence. He was a Paul pouring into my life through books. I think of people like Craig Crochelle, who, who runs the leadership um, you know, uh, podcast and leadership uh, summit every year now. And, and he's just been a blessing from a distance. 
uh, blessing into my life. Where I think of Andy Stanley, another pastor that uh, does a lot with leadership. And uh, there's one book that he read, or that I read of his, called Cheat the Church. And, um, and it's a great book about uh, uh, not cheating your family, instead uh, cheating the church. If you have a choice, cheat the church. And uh, as a pastor, it meant a lot to me and to my family, to my kids. And I think of like Bob Goff, you know, someone that uh, I've read his stuff and uh, Love Does is one of my favorite books. It's a book I've given out more than any other book. If you haven't read it, it's incredible. But I think of mentors from a distance. And when I think about that, I think that podcasts or books or blogs or even conferences, people can pour into your life from a distance for free or very little cost. And it's important that we have mentors from a distance. The next category is the yearly or quarterly type mentor. It might cost you a little more here, but again, it's not a huge investment. I think of people like Joel Stocker, uh, who was a pastor over in in, uh, the Detroit area that I would visit, uh, or Dave Williams, or Nate Ellerton, or Pastor Sam Reifkokel in in, uh, Grand Rapids, or the missions pastor, uh, Pat Roosh, and some of those on the missions team know who that is. And and I think of uh, conferences or district councils or people that are experts in their field that are close enough that you could spend a little time with them, uh, people that you could step into their lives for a moment and they can mentor you on a quarterly or even a yearly basis. I even think what we're going to do next uh, Sunday night with the worship and prayer event, that can be an event that pours into your life. And we're not going to do those every week, but uh, you're not going to want to miss it next week. It's going to be incredible. But you say, well, how do you get someone to do that? How do you get someone to pour into your life? How do you go and say, hey, will you mentor me? You, you find someone that's really uh, effective in their field. And, uh, you know, think of the person in your field that's just, you know, top notch, uh, whatever that might be. And is, it, is it possible that they would want to mentor you on a weekly basis? It's possible, but probably not likely. Let's just be honest. But you can trick them into mentoring you. You say, hey, I would like to buy you lunch, right? And it may not be next week or even next month, but you schedule this two or three months down the line and say, hey, I'd like to come and spend 30 minutes with you. Could I buy you a cup of coffee? And I'll give you the three questions in advance, right? And so you can be studied. And what you've just done is you've honored that person's time and you've said, you've given them the the ability to to be prepared and you've honored their experience that you're trying to glean. And they're saying, hey, maybe I do have something that I could give. And they can mentor you in a quarterly or yearly. Again, the key is someone pouring themselves into you. But what about weekly? Like the man's group, right? The men's camp. What'd you call it? Man camp, yeah. Right. You need someone in your life weekly. Certainly church can be that. Uh, Hebrews 10.25, there's a church in Grand Rapids called Church, or uh, 10.25 Church, and uh, it's based off this verse that it says, do not forsake the meeting together, right? It's really important. 
But I think of connect groups, right? And I think of, you know, connect groups. Some are designed more to have a Paul situation pouring into you. And uh, the couple that came to my mind this year uh, for this season is the Dave Ramsey class, right? And actually, Paul, why don't you stand one more time? Paul and his wife, Rachel, they're going to be facilitating that class. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, we do this because we believe in you. And we believe that financial accountability is important. And some of us are in debt up to our eyeballs and you can't hardly swim and you're saying, Lord, help us. It's interesting in Paul's story when he went through, uh, he had already paid off his house and he just said, hey, we want to just be strong. And when I got to know you and Rachel and your story, it's inspiring and you're going to want to be a part of their class and uh, the FPU. It's a situation where Dave Ramsey and Paul and Rachel are going to pour into your life. I also think about Bob Boss, uh, one of our elders, runs another men's group on Tuesday mornings. Uh, just stand up for a second, Bob. Uh, here is a Paul, if I've ever seen one. Bob is willing to pour into your life week after week. And what's interesting is when small group season ends for us, do you think Bob ever stops? I don't think so. He just keeps, his group keeps going and going and going. He's the Energizer Bunny. And by the way, this is your first uh, service back, right? Welcome back. And uh, he was struggling with, with COVID, uh, kind of like my parents were. And uh, I know uh, Michelle will be back soon. And uh, Michelle, you're probably watching right now. We love you. And uh, God bless you. And so I think of, you know, Bob Boss or Dorothy Peterson as another one of the women that is a Paul-type figure that can pour into your life. Uh, I think uh, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but Dorothy will be doing that. And I even think, if I can be so bold, the parenting class that Jessica and I are compelled to do on Wednesday nights, uh, we have kind of come to the place in our life, and I had this moment, I've, and I had it <laughs> kind of right in front of Bobby, uh, kind of this moment where I'm like, man. Uh, and actually, it was a combination, because it was Rachel talking with you through the parent survey that we did earlier this year, and then, but I think I was sitting with you, Bobby, and, and I just came to this moment. I'm saying, you know what? Uh, parents need each other, and parents need, I might have said, a kick in the butt. And, uh, and, uh, and I feel like at this point in our lives, you know, obviously we still have kids in our home and then uh, uh, an adult child living with us right now, but, um, but we have something to give, and we can be your Paul. And we can walk with you in this season and help you to not raise great kids, but to raise great adults. And uh, that's part of our strategy there. But again, we feel like we're better together. Church, we are better together. We need each other. So I wanted to illustrate this. And I thought, okay, um, how can I do this best? Well, I was thinking about it. You know, in our lives, we have different ways that we get filled up. And again, it might be a book, right, or a, uh, you know, a podcast that you listen to, someone that is making a difference in your life. It could be, uh, you know, a friend that, you know, is, you know, pouring into your life and you get together, kind of the man camp idea, uh, certainly that can fill us up. Or maybe it's in our lives where we get, you know, at church on Sunday, making it a priority and saying, you know what, uh, we're going to be back to church and maybe, or we're going to connect online and uh, church online is going to be really good and we're going to just get filled up. We're just going to, we're going to really let, or we come to the, 
to the worship and prayer night, and we say, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this, and we're going to uh, be just you know, filled up, and the Lord is going to be good. And, uh, and wouldn't this just be great if this was our story? That our lives are this bucket. We have no leaks, right? We're just filled up, and we can just go around full, and maybe we'll slosh out on somebody. But you know what? The reality is that our lives are not like this. In fact, our lives are a little more like this bucket, unfortunately, that we still do those things, right? We still read a good book, listen to a good podcast, right? And we start to to do this. But what happens is we've got holes in our lives, right? I know I do, right? We've got uh, blazing things sometimes, some things that are more obvious than others. And what happens is we start to pour things in, and we think, man, we're making it. We're doing good. We're getting filled up. But what happens is our lives, all of us, we have holes. We get isolated. Or we go through a season, we said, all right, well, we are good, right? We're, we're filled up. We, we're doing good. But then you come back and you're like, oh, what happened? I thought I was full and now I'm close to empty. And there's stress that happens and there's, there's different tragedy that can happen. I think about what happened with the Carafels last month with them losing their, their uh, baby daughter, uh, drowning in a pool. And, and you think, man, that's a major hole, right? Talk about draining the vent. I'm making a mess here, and, uh, and uh, I love it. And, uh, and I just, you know, you think about our lives, and, you know, what, whether it's, maybe it's divorce, or maybe it's a, a bankruptcy, or, or you get all alone, and you're in a season of depression, and all of a sudden, my, I'm making a... I didn't try it with this much water. I tried just a little bit. Stay. Look, the Holy Spirit's moving it. But the truth is, we are all leaky, right? When we all, there might be a season in our lives where we're saying, you know what, I don't even want to grow. Like, I don't even want to, you know, I don't want to do anything. Or maybe there's a season where your kids are in trouble and it's like a blow in the side and what you thought you had reserved is now deplenished, right? There's times we feel stuck or times we feel afraid. or, or, Or Listen, there are things in our lives at every stage of our lives where we need others to come and to pour into us, we need a Paul in our lives. Will you say that with me? We all need a Paul in our lives. And there's a mantra that Paul had. It's actually one of my favorite verses in the Bible, if I were to pick one. If you came and said, hey, what's your favorite verse? Probably Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship, creating God's work uh, image to do good work. I love that verse. But uh, this verse from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, is actually uh, one of my verses that goes along with my life purpose statement that I made several years ago. And it simply says this in the ESV. It says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. In other words, follow my example as I follow Christ. That's what Paul said. Follow my example. I'm going to pour out into you, and you do like I do. Follow my example. And whether that's in spirituality, that's in leadership, or organizational, or health-wise, or fitness-wise, we all need spiritual fathers and mothers. Can I get an amen? 
like Jethro was to Moses, or Moses was to Joshua, or Samuel was to Saul and David, or Elijah was to Elisha, right? And, or Jesus was to the disciples, or like Paul was to Timothy. These types of relationships in our lives will accelerate us, and they will help us along the road. It will help you if you have a Paul pouring into your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to join me, and we're going to close this out. There's one more verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. Let's put that up. It says this, do not be deceived. So we've talked about filling up with good things, right? I don't want to go, we don't have a lot of time to, to dive into this, but it says bad company ruins good morals, right? So what you're having poured in your life is important as well, and we don't really have time to uh, really undo that, but that is an important piece. It's true that one bad relationship can fill you with the wrong stuff and really send you down a wrong path or get you off trajectory, right? That is for sure. But let's just focus on the positive here for this morning. You may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny, changing the course of your dream, what God has called you to. And you need that one person, that Paul, to be pouring into your life. And this morning, I just want to encourage you. Ephesians or Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one. And we need to acknowledge that living intentionally, committed to be the best we can be. And I believe that if we can embrace this and we can find that, those people, those resources to pour into us, we will have the best fall we've ever had. And part of that, I hope for you, is connect groups. Now, one of those areas in our lives when we get stuck, when we feel down, when we feel like we're in trouble, at the end of our rope. Uh, for me, there was this part of my story that I was dry spiritually. And it wasn't like I wasn't doing my devotions. I was, you know, knocking off the list, off of my devotions. Uh, I was in a Bible reading program in that season, just like I am today. And, uh, but I was feeling dry, and I needed the Lord. A fresh presence, a fresh anointing refresh. And part of that was there was some things I needed to ask for forgiveness for. There were some things that I had in my life that just needed to be cleaned up. And it took some forgiveness. It took me humbling myself and saying, you know what, God, um, I don't want anything else but your best. And this morning, you might be here in a place where you need forgiveness today is your day to call out to Jesus. And I know that's personal, and I get it. But there's something about doing it in community, like confessing your sin one to another. I think that's in the Bible. It is. I don't think it is. And we need each other. We need each other. This morning, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, or you've walked away from your faith, today is the day of salvation. It's your day. So I'm going to ask that you bow your head and close your eyes. Just you and the Lord here just for a moment. If you're here today and you are uh, uh, realizing your need for forgiveness, uh, 
um, maybe for the first time, the light bulbs are coming on. You're saying, boy, um, I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. I want to put my faith in Him. Um, I need salvation. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand right where you are? We're going to pray with you. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, Who else? All right. Anyone else? Yes. Awesome. Let's just be a little, take it a little deeper. Maybe you've walked with the Lord at one time and you're you're saying, okay, uh, but man, I'm feeling dry. I need a a refreshing. I need God to come and plug some holes and forgive me and so I don't leak so much. Uh, How many would just acknowledge you need uh, forgiveness this morning in some way? Yeah. Yeah. Others. Lots of others. Yeah. I get it. Awesome. Today I'm going to pray for those. And if you're online and you can respond and say, yes, that's me. I need Jesus. We will follow up with you this week 100%. We'll make it a priority. We'll do that. But for those that are here, they're saying, you know what, I need that now. Would you just repeat a simple prayer after me? Say, dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for all my sins. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. But I believe in you, that you died on the cross for me, and that you're a forgiving God, taking my sin as far as the east is from the west. And I'm grateful today for you. And Lord, I want to serve you to the best of my ability. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand this morning. This morning, the challenge is to find a Paul in our lives, in each of our lives, someone that can pour into us, and we need each other. Can we just say that together? We need each other. Let's say it again. We need each other. And this song is kind of an anthem of that. It's called Good Grace. And uh, let these words, just let us sing them over you. You can sing them with us. And, uh, and it will be an anthem for us to walk out of here with our heads held high. Let's do it. Thanks, Pastor Bobby, for leading us this final song. You okay? Jesus, we thank you and we praise you today. What a profound statement in this song that you have called us friends. What a powerful thing to remember in this series. Lord, and we thank you for your word that it does not return void. And Jesus, I thank you for all the mentors, all the people who have poured into my life. And maybe you uh, out there in the congregation need to thank God for the people who have poured into your life up until this point. Jesus, I thank you for youth pastors growing up like Pastor Heather. I thank you uh, for Pastor Baker, who every week I still get to call and talk to. I thank you uh, for so many people every single step of the way, even Pastor Ben they've poured into my life, how they've shaped my life, how they've made me a better person, not just a better pastor, but they've made me a better husband, a better follower of you. Jesus, I thank you for those people, and I thank you for the examples in scripture like Pastor Ben mentioned. Jethro and Moses, Moses, 
into Joshua. I thank you for people like Priscilla and Aquila who mentor in couples to people like Apollos. I thank you for mothers who pour into their children like Naomi to Ruth. Jesus, we thank you for this model. And I pray for anyone here who feels like they're on an island, who feels like they're alone. Maybe you're calling us to be an answer to their prayer. So I pray that you would help us to maybe look around for people. Maybe we need, um, maybe we need to find a mentor. Maybe we need to pour into others, which I know we'll talk about later in this series. But I pray that you would speak to us, that you would continue to move in our lives. And I pray that we would be people who are thankful, that don't take people for granted, that don't take the people around us for granted, that don't take our parents for granted, that don't take our mentors for granted, that don't take our pastors for granted. But these people are shaping us and defining who we are. I thank you. Let us be people that leave here with gratitude. Let us be people who leave here feeling like they are part of a community, not alone. And let us leave looking for opportunity of not just how you'll minister to us, but how you'll minister through us to others. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the praise and glory. We pray that you would be behind us, that you would be before us, that you'd be all around us as we go into a lost hurting and broken world, that we will be people who bring heaven to earth. We thank you for what you're already doing in our midst, and we pray that that would just leak out to everyone around us. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us, for being with us today. You can go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.